Today I'm going to talk about um, my message title is New Year's. What do you think I'm going to say? Resolutions. Right, but it's not. It's New Year's. Can we do the uh, bubbling and show the? There you go. New Year's revolution. Okay, New Year's revolution. So about this time of year, everybody starts making New Year's resolutions, or a lot of people do. Quite a quite a few people. Okay. How many of you ever have made a New Year's resolution? Resolution, raise your hand. Be honest. <laughs> and then he made one to never make one again. Okay. So what happens? Just exactly what you're saying. What happens when we most of the time when we make those New Year's resolutions? They don't last. They get started. Right. So it's like. Okay, it's like two steps forward and then everything just sort of falls apart. Scheduling and, and commitment and all that kind of stuff just goes by the wayside, right? By the way, the, I'm, since I'm usually in the back with Blake there, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move like right through this area because this is like the sort of the sweet spot when we have to change camera angles. <laughs> <laughs> so I just keep moving back and forth through there. <laughs> I'm going to mess with Blake the whole service now. Um, so... Um, Anyway, we get on these, these kicks, these new, new Year's resolutions. Uh, we have good intentions. We get going. But sadly, most people are not able to follow through. We, we have this zeal, but the zeal doesn't last. And we just sort of fall flat, flat on our face. Now, what, how does that make you feel after that? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> you know, really, it, it makes us feel bad. It makes us feel like we've failed, right? And so this is what I want to encourage you to do, uh, to do this year is not to create resolutions, but start a revolution. OK, and this is what I mean by that. Um, rather than trying to ex to achieve an external goal, let's begin by forming new habits built off of who we are as followers of Yeshua. OK, because this is all about identity. And if we build something off our identity, then it becomes more natural to develop and progress in of whatever we're, we're accomplishing, right? So we in um, Shalom Macon, as congregants and members and family of Shalom Macon, we are a Messianic Jewish synagogue. Now, we have a mixture of Jews and Gentiles, but our, our core principle is that we sort of tie in these two sort of big worlds together. We have Judaism on one side, we have Christianity on, on the other side. <clears throat> and one thing I like about both is that Christianity has a passion and Judaism has a, a pragmatism. What do I mean by that? So Christianity generally has a, a, a zeal Whereas Judaism has function. We, we know how to do things within Judaism. And Christianity is a lot about uh, a doctrine and, and, and things like that. So when we put these two together, we have a powerhouse. We have a passion and we have living it out, right? Generally, sermons are made to uh, inform or inspire. Today, we're going to look at... Uh, and uh, learn some of the practicalities of Messianic Judaism, the hands-on, I would call it, of Messianic Judaism, because we have a lot of new people. We have a lot of new folks um, in the congregation over those last year or two, 
and we have a lot of people, we have over a thousand um, subscribers to our YouTube channel now, and a lot of people are watching that, first of all, they either don't have a clue about Messianic Judaism, or they're just getting their feet wet, or just learning, or whatever. So I want to sort of pull back to some of the basics, and teach some of the things that um, maybe we assume people know, or, or so forth, and maybe help people on to learn a few different things and put some things into practice that could be life-changing, okay? So, stripping back things to the basics, what are some of the first things we like to teach our children to say? Specifically, how to respond. We teach them to say, please and thank you, right? Don't you think that's a normal thing that we like to teach our children, how to say please and thank you? Okay, so this is all based around uh, the topic of gratitude. We want to teach our children this principle of having gratitude. Okay, in, in Hebrew, the term for gratitude is hakarat hatov, hakarat hatov. And I, I don't think I made a slide for this, but <clears throat> hakarat hatov, that is gratitude. Now, it literally means, does anybody know? It's interesting because it means recognizing hatov, recognizing the good. Okay, and this is the difference between being grateful and ungrateful is the person who is grateful and the person who is ungrateful may have the same things going on in their lives, same thing going on around them, same blessings and so forth and challenges. But the person who has gratitude recognizes the good. He recognizes the good, and he takes note of that. Good job taking notes. Okay, um, just called you out. Yes. So, um, so question: Which way does it go? Does our gratitude prompt us to say thanks, or does saying thanks create gratitude within us? I want to get your opinions on that. Definitely. Yes. Okay. They're saying both. Everybody's saying both. I would agree. A Jewish way to look at things is that we foster the inward change. We foster inward development within us and attitudes and so forth by what we do, because what we do is powerful. We get into a habit of doing certain things, then it changes who we are and our identity. Now, I'll give you an example. Um, you watch movies, if you watch t- a lot of TV, slowly over time, uh, our culture, our television culture, our media culture has gone to pot, okay? And so what we have watch on TV now, we would have been repulsed by 50 years ago, okay? Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff, but what, what I'm saying is what we put into us and what we do determines, becomes uh, a determining factor of our d- identity. So I, I heavily believe that what we teach our children to do, what we practice and so forth, <clears throat> develops us as a person of who we are. So, does a mother tell her child, now Billy, only say thank you if you really feel like it? <laughs> That's not the way it works, is it? Okay. And that's the way we need to think about things from a biblical perspective as well. 
We need to be thankful even when our heart is struggling with it. Okay, because gratitude and the response of gratitude can change our emotions, change our attitude, change our perspective and change everything about our day, our our year and our life. So most of us, you know, we teach our children this, Billy, say thank you, whether you like it or not. But we don't practice it ourselves when it comes to our relationship with Hashem. And we really haven't passed this quality down to our children in the way of our relationship, our vertical relationship to the Lord either. And another thing is when, at least in our family, when we teach our children to say thank you or I'm sorry or apologize for something, we teach, let me get over here, celebrate. No, we're going to switch to the camera here. Uh, We teach them to be specific, okay? Thank you for. I'm sorry for. Now, this is a big uh, marriage tip for any of you guys who are married and you guys thinking about being married. Anybody who's struggling in marriage, that when you got, as a guy, especially when you say I'm sorry, you can't just say I'm sorry. You have to say I'm sorry for. Okay? We do, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> because I'm sorry just means I want to get out of this trouble. Right? <laughs> just means. I mean, quit bugging me about it <laughs> or whatever, you know, and I'm sorry for means I've identified the problem and I'm going to work on correcting the problem. I'm going to work to f- solve, fix the problem. And I'm truly repentant for this particular thing that I've done that has caused you grief. So um, this is something we need to do for Hashem as well towards Hashem in our lives. We need to be specific in what we are giving thanks for. Okay, and this is a this is a a very Jewish way to look at things. What's the first thing that we do in the mornings before we even open our eyes or should do? I should say that we thank Hashem that we are alive through a prayer called the Modeani. It says Modei Ani Lifanecha. In fact, I'm used to say it with my eyes closed, so let me close my Modeani Lifanecha. Shehekazar to Binishmatil. No, hold on. Modeani lefanecha, melecha vechayam, shekazarta binishmate vechemla rabar emotecha. There we go. And uh, if you can't remember it that way, um, there's a funny um, YouTube video with some cowboy puppets that'll help you learn that. Okay? <laughs> Uh, so the English is, I gratefully thank you, O living and eternal King, for you have returned my soul within me with compassion. Abundant is your faithfulness. Okay? So it starts your day off not worrying about your problems, not figuring out what you're going to do on your job, not figuring out how you're going to resolve issues with your children, not figuring out how you're going to pay the bills and so forth. But it starts off your day to saying, thank you, Hashem, that I've got another day. And part of that is in the Hebrew, um, and, and I made a commitment um, just, just a few months ago, I would say it in English uh, because even though I know the Hebrew, I, I was like that. What I just tried doing a while ago, when I'm waking up in the morning, my eyes are still closed. I'm still trying to, you know, my alarm clock's going off and I'm trying to figure out what's going on at 4.30 in the morning. I'm going, you know, I don't remember the Hebrew. <laughs> and so I'd say the English, you know. But I was convicted after hearing a teaching by a Rabbi Fari that um, Travis and I and, and Lance and other people listen to. And I really appreciate. It says the Hebrew 
um, is important in this particular instance because it takes the focus uh, and puts it in a different direction. What's the beginning of this Hebrew uh, that we give thanks for? I gratefully thank you. I. That's the first word out of our mouths. I. I'm still <laughs> sort of putting the focus on me. But in the Hebrew, it's modeh, which means thankful. Okay? Thankfulness is literally the first thing out of our mouths. Okay? And so, with these, our first words of the day are gratitude. And we thank Hashem specifically for giving us a new day, another opportunity at life. And there's an interpretation even of this is uh, the ending of this is, and great is your faithfulness or abundant is your faithfulness, that this word faithfulness can be looked at one of two ways. God is faithful to us, but we can also read it, read it abundant is your faith. Because faith and faithfulness in Hebrew are the same exact word. And so great is Hashem's faith in me to give me another day. He has faith that I'm going to accomplish what He's given me another day to do and to be. Okay? And that goes for you as well. So the practical side of what we're going to talk about today is besides the stuff that we covered, I'm going to cover one specific topic, and it's going to be giving thanks for food. I think, eh, wow, that's sort of weird. Okay? <laughs> that's right. We have to eat. We have to survive. That's our nourishment. God provides for us, and He provides our lives through this. And so we need to give thanks for all the opportunities that we have to nourish our bodies. And if you're like my son, you get to throw down 400, or excuse me, 4,000 calories a day, and it barely affects you. So, um, except he's, he's trying to bulk up. So, um, <clears throat> now, so let me ask you this. Where do we get the tradition of giving thanks before a meal? With, specifically within the Christian tradition. Where do we get that concept from? To give thanks before a meal. Yeshua. Why? Because he gave thanks before he broke bread and so forth, Right? He gave thanks at the beginning of each meal. And every time there's food involved, you read about him giving thanks. Right? Now, this is a tradition. This is not a commandment. The tr actual commandment, as many of us know in this, in this room who have who've been around this a little bit, is found in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 10. And you can throw that one up there. I've got it up here. It says, And you shall eat and, and be full or satisfied and you shall bless the Lord your God. So, the order of this, you eat, you're satisfied, you remember to thank Hashem. Okay, this is difficult, because a lot of times we ask and beg and we give thanks and say we're thankful before we get food, because we're hungry and we want to get to the food. But once it's over, we're satisfied and we forget. I mean, think about the, the ten lepers that Yeshua healed, how many came back to give Him thanks? Just one, right? So that's our typical mindset. We tend to forget to be thankful once our needs are met. We want and want and want, but then we forget. We are forgetful people. So here are some um, <clears throat> things that we can remember in that regard. There's a distinction between a commandment and a tradition. The commandment is actually to give thanks afterwards. The tradition is to give thanks beforehand. Now we're going to put these together here in just a second. But we have to remember that commandment and tradition, uh, when they 
are in conflict, which one wins out? The commandment, right? Now, unfortunately, some people don't realize this, and, and we have a tradition of doing what on Friday nights with candles? We light candles on Friday nights to welcome in the Sabbath. <clears throat> but unfortunately, if people don't know that and take their thoughts into that and, and think about what they're doing, the tradition becomes more valuable, the commandment, and we light candles, unfortunately, after sunset. A lot of times just to keep a tradition. And what's wrong with that? You shall not kindle a fire. And I think we got a slide for this. No, maybe not. Exodus 35.3, uh, it it, it, uh, the Lord pro prohibits kindling a fire on the Sabbath. And so with this, we need to work to make sure we don't uh, do exactly what the Pharisees were doing that Yeshua criticized them for doing in Mark chapter 7, when he said, you leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. Okay? And so um, the gospel, as we just got through saying, uh, it uh, records the tradition of Yeshua giving thanks before food. Now, why, my question is, why don't we read about Yeshua giving thanks afterwards? Have you ever thought about that? If it's a commandment, then why don't we read about Yeshua giving thanks after eating? Yeah, it, did, it didn't make the news. It didn't make the headlines, right? It's just expected. It's just normal. There's a saying that when a uh, dog bites the man, it doesn't make the news. But when a man bites the dog, that makes the news. <laughs> right? <clears throat> so the, the Gospels record things that were out of the ordinary, new things that were in, in transition and so forth. So, um, we have these two traditions, or, you know, commandment tradition of giving th thanks before and giving thanks afterward. And where, why do we add on this tradition to give thanks before if it, we already had a commandment to give thanks afterward. What's the purpose of this? So there's two scriptures that the sages saw and said, hey, we've got an issue here. We've got an apparent contradiction. How do we resolve these? So let's go to Psalm 24, <clears throat> verse 1. It says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So everything in the, in the according to the scripture, everything... Um, in the earth belongs to whom? Okay, everything belongs to God. Everything belongs to the Lord. Okay, but we got a problem. The next scripture in Psalm 115 says, The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth He has given to the children of man. So according to this, who does everything on the earth belong to? Okay, it belongs to us. So we've got a problem. I mean, you know, the sages say when two, two passages conflict, how do you resolve them? You find a third to, to resolve them, okay? But in this case, I don't know the third scripture, so I'm just going to tell you how that was resolved. <laughs> so don't trust me. Go do your research. Go do your homework. Um, in this instance, um, the Talmud records Rabbi Huda saying in the name of, uh, of Samuel, to enjoy anything in this world without a benediction, without a blessing beforehand, is uh, is like making personal use of things consecrated to heaven, since it says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So, we're going back to this whole thing that we started at the beginning. You want to teach your child to say, your children to say what? Thank you. Well, two things. Please and thank you. Right? Please and thank you. So now, with this whole blessing of food, 
We have a please at the beginning. We have a thank you at the end. Does that make sense? So this is a, a, a cycle of gratitude. Okay, does everybody know what a bracha is? A bracha is a blessing. Okay, <clears throat> by making a bracha or a blessing, we both acknowledge that Hashem is the source of the food we eat and we express our appreciation to Him for providing it for us. Now, the apostolic writing, here's our actually our sort of our almost our third uh, passage, if you will. The, the sages didn't know about this, but I, I like to see it as one of the passages that puts these two together. First Timothy chapter four, <clears throat> verses one through five. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some people will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seers, seared, who forbid marriage and require absence from the foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving. Now, don't don't change this just yet, Blake. With thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. OK, who require absence from foods that God created to receive. Now, people use that all the time to say, see, you're not supposed to abstain from pork and shellfish and, and stuff like that. <clears throat> We're going to learn here in just a minute what it is. But. These passages before, those who forbid marriage and require absence of foods, does that sound like Judaism? No, no. Judaism, basically, it's, it's bad to forbid marriage, okay? They don't have monks within Judaism, like, like the Catholic Church and different churches. Um, but we, we have this um, presence here that a lot of people think that this is a Jewish thing that he's talking about here. Next slide is the end of this verse. Verses 4 and 5. For everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if received with thanksgiving. Now, people stop at that verse and say, well, see, we can eat anything that we want because all we got to do is pray over it and God will turn this, you know, pork sandwich into, you know, fish or whatever. <clears throat> Go back to Lance's joke a couple weeks ago. And this is the key, verse 5. For it is made holy, what is holy? Sanctified, set apart, right? By the Word of God and prayer. So the two things, the Word of God, and we're specifically talking about Leviticus 11, where God designates what's food and what's not, and prayer. That's the giving thanks at the beginning. Okay, this is the please uh, part of the blessing. Okay, so it's interesting how all these work together. Now, we're going to talk about six types of food groups. You bet you didn't know there were six types of food groups, right? <clears throat> Some people only believe there's three, grease, sugar, and salt. But <laughs> there are actually six. And this is the way the food is grouped into for the various blessings. Okay, so the first group is the... I would say the easiest to identify, but there are some issues that may cause some complications, but it's fairly easy. This is bread, okay? <clears throat> this is a blessing that um, has the key word hamotzi. And if you, if you uh, look up a blessing, whatever, and it says hamotzi, this is the blessing that should be said. <clears throat> this is the blessing that goes to bread. Now, bread, remember, it's, it's the uh, definition is basically... First of all, it has to be made with the five grains of Israel, which is wheat, barley, rye, spelt, or oats. And then 
it includes things that are actually made to be consumed as a bread product, okay? Things like matzah, bread bread, you know, loaf of bread, bagels, rolls, English muffins, and pizza if it's for a meal, tortillas, uh, 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 excuse me, flour tortillas, and um, if you're more in the north, whether you have a lot of uh, wheat flour in your cornbread, you can do cornbread possibly, um, but I'm not sure. I think that's actually mezzanote. I don't know why that's in there. <clears throat> but anyway, we'll go back, talk about that another time. Uh, now, the blessing is, blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe. I think we have that. Yeah. Who brings forth bread from the earth. In the Hebrew, that last part is hamotzi lechem min haaretz. You guys are familiar with that. We've done that synagogue tons and tons of times, right? Uh, the problem, however, is some people learn this blessing and they only know this blessing and they give this blessing over every food. Okay, so they have a piece of candy, candy, and they say hamotzi blessing, or they uh, you know have have a um, uh, apple and say hamotzi. The problem with this, what do we say at the beginning? We need to be specific in our our giving thanks. We're giving thanks for such and such. When we say say um, hamotzi over these various things, it's like someone who is just learning English. And you talk to them, and, the, and all they can say is, thank you for the carrots. Thank you for the carrots. Thank you for the carrots. Okay? <clears throat> it doesn't make sense. Uh, so we need to be specific in how we give thanks. And when we have specific bread product, products, these are, this is how we give thanks. And this is called the hamotzi blessing. Everyone say hamotzi. Very good. There's another one you'll be familiar with, most of you guys. The blessing over... Uh, grape, wine, and grape juice. This is called the Hagafen. Hagafen. And this specifically relates, and you notice I use the word grape. There's a few others that are included in there as well, but typically we don't have like a whole bottle of blackberry juice, right? So um, juice that comes specifically from a fruit that grows on a vine. And those are sort of hard to find other than grapes okay there's some there's some blackberry wines and things like that that you would say this blessing for but generally we're talking about grape juice and grape wine and the blessing for this is bore pari hagafen blessed are you lord our god king of the universe who creates the fruit of the vine okay creates the fruit of the vine and the reason why this has a specific blessing, and it's not in um, like the, the one we're going to see here in a minute, uh, food from the ground, is because grapes, grape, uh, excuse me, grape wine and grape juice, not grapes individually, are different from other foods in that they're generally reserved for a special use. Okay? They historically have been used for religious significance. Grapes, uh, grape juice, grape wine is used for Kiddush, which serves to sanctify the Sabbath and other holy days. And this is why it sort of has its own category here, okay? <clears throat> the next one is grain products. This is called mezonot. Everyone say mezonot. Very good. And the ending of this blessing is, uh, no, you can go back to this, who creates various kinds of nourishment. Okay, and this includes things that are made from flowers, from grains, uh, 
specifically those five grains that we talked about earlier. It wouldn't include corn and things like that. But it, it includes things that are made from the grains but are not made as bread specifically. Okay, this is going to be things like cake, cookies, pasta, crackers, you know, things like that. And we give this blessing, we can go, go to the blessing. <clears throat> Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who creates various kinds of nourishment. Okay, bread was a staple of the ancient world. Mezzanote is a sort of a side product of that. And we thank God that this is nourishment. Now, uh, in our modern culture, gluten-free products... You never know. You have to read the ingredients to know what blessing to say for those. Some of these are going to be mesonote. If they have like oat, oats, oat flour, or something like that, that can be used as a mesonote because that's one of the grains. But a lot of them are not made from oats. They're going to be made from like millet or rice flour or almond flour or, or you know, things like that. What's that? Yeah, or food free, as Lance said, or flavor free. No. And so in that case, you'd just, no. A separate blessing, no. <clears throat> um, but you, uh, if it doesn't have one of the f the five grains of the Bible, then it's not going to be a mesonote blessing. It's going to be an entirely different blessing. And this seems complicated, but baby steps, baby steps, right? Um, the next category is food that grows on trees. Now, this is called hot eights. Everyone say hot eights. And the ending of this is who creates the fruit of the tree. Now, the problem with this is that picture has a strawberry in it. That's not part of this. I couldn't find one without a strawberry. <laughs> okay? Strawberries grow not in trees unless they do at your house, and I want to come see that. Uh, but they grow on the ground. So everything in this picture except the strawberries uh, the grapes actually is going to be, believe it or not, um, high eights. It's weird, isn't it? Grapes? Yes. Yep. There we go. Yep. Okay. And the reason why is because um, the tree, according to Halakha, Jewish law, it has a woody... Um, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Bark, like, a, like a, a woody stem. And the grapes actually grow, if you've seen a grapevine, it is very much woody. It's not like blackberries or things like that. Okay? Okay, show me. We'll talk after, 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 uh, afterwards. The blessing for the grape juice and the grape wine is going to be different. But for the haets. Okay. Uh, for the, the grapes themselves, I believe it. I'm pretty sure it's the tree. <clears throat> okay? And so, Haetz, the blessing for this group is, uh, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth fruit from the tree. That's easy, right? And so, Bore Pori Haetz is the ending of that in Hebrew. The next, oh, wait a minute. Let me throw something else at you. Strange thing that a lot of people don't catch. What do you think, do you th what, what category so far do you think bananas would fall into? This one, right? High eights. Because it grows on what it seems like a tree. But actually it's not. It falls into this next category because a banana tree is actually a banana plant. It's a herbaceous 
uh, what's the yearly? Perennial. Herbaceous perennial. That's exactly right. Okay. It grows back every year. Okay. And so that leads us to our next blessing. The Ha'adama. This includes most of your veggies. This is things like things like we have in this picture, cauliflower, celery, carrots, um, broccoli, <coughs> cucumbers, tomatoes, uh, just about everything that grows on the ground. And the um, strawberries that we saw in the last picture. And so food that grows on the ground, um, is, it falls under this category of Ha'adama, the blessing. So let's look at the blessing. Bless are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth the fruit from the earth. Easy enough. Now, what if it doesn't fit into one of these five categories? What, how do we deal with it? Okay, we got still got things like, well, what about water even? Right? We got things like meat. We have things like dairy. Um, and even, oddly enough, mushrooms. Okay, so it, all these fall under this new category, this last category, of Shehakol. And have you, any of you guys ever seen um, Itchy Kaduzi from Chabad, the puppet show? Anyway, Jono, the main character, he said, he said his favorite blessing is Bore Pari Hakandi. <laughs> but no, seriously, this is called the Shehakol. Everyone say Shehakol. That's probably the hardest one to say. Okay, good job, guys. Um, but then includes, let's go back to the photo real quick. I'm sorry. Um, so everything that doesn't fall within these, these categories. So you see a big swath of images here. You have milk, you have meat, you have sodas, you have, and it includes water, it includes fish, candy, chocolates, chocolates, and chocolates, um, things like that. Did you hear Melissa Turner? I know you're watching. Chocolates. <laughs> so um, let's say the blessing here. The blessing for this is, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, by whose word all things either came into existence or came to be. That's what this means. Shehachol basically means everything. Okay, the, the one from whom everything, or who's everything. And so um, this would also include things that we didn't put on there. Eggs, ice cream, broth, smoothies, uh, juices like apple juice, applesauce, anything that's, when well, we didn't really go into this, but anything that's been um, converted from its natural state where it's not identifiable anymore, and put it in the state that's not like baked or, or things like that. Okay? <clears throat> this would be coffee. This is a good one. You guys will learn this one real quick. Every morning you'll learn, say your Shehechol blessings. Right? It's Shehechol, this one. Because it doesn't fall into any of those other specific categories. Okay? So let's take a little quick quiz. Um, so here are the, the six categories. And so I'll throw out a, something, and you guys tell me what category it falls in. Steak. Shehechol. Very good. Watermelon. Ha'adama. Hey, who has watermelons growing on trees? I heard somebody. I want to know how this works. <laughs> Cherries. Ha'ates. Good. Uh, pasta. Mezzanote. Very good. Yes. The watermelon. Uh, 
um, you know, that may need to be looked at. So, but I think it's, I think it's Ha'adamah, but I think the vine has to, to crawl. Yeah, but I'm saying I think the definition, the halakhic definition of a vine is it has to crawl. So, cucumbers and, and tomatoes, I don't know. Tomatoes not a vine. But anyway, so you guys are doing good. You're getting this down. So, um, this, this thing right here is it's very simple. So, there's really six blessings that you just have to know six blessings, and you got everything covered. The hardest part is knowing which blessing things fall under. Okay, and you can you can have help with that. You can look that up. <clears throat> the uh, ou.org has a whole thing where you can look up blessings like cereals and different things like that because some cereals have this, some cereals have that. So, but the point of this all is to have a a life of gratitude, right? We want to in all things give thanks. We want to live every single day. Where there's not a thing in our life that passes that we don't bless Hashem for. Have you guys had heard the expression Baruch Dayan Amet or Baruch Hadayan Amet or Ha'amet? So um, this is the expression that's the ending part of a blessing that's Baruch Ata Hashem Elokeinu Melech Haolam. Um, what did I just say? Uh, Bore. No, not Bore. Baruch uh, Dayanamet, okay? Blessed is the true judge. So, bless, it's taken part of that. Uh, <clears throat> so, it's blessed is the true judge. And this is actually said when you hear bad news, specifically the death of someone. So, we say, Baruch Dayan Ha'amet. Blessed is the true judge. Because in all things, even the bad things, in, from our perspective, we give Thanks, because Hashem is ultimately the one that's in charge. He's the one in control. He's the one that has given that to us, even though it may seem like a bad thing from our perspective. And it's difficult to, to do, difficult to take in. But we bless Him because He is the one that's in charge of all things. So, I know this has been, in some ways, very, very simple. In some ways, it's been overly complicated. But uh, hopefully it's been very practical. And so going back to our revolution, how do we make changes um, and course corrections in our lives? Um, through crash dieting, right? <laughs> through buying a lot of uh, weight equipment, or gym equipment, and then never using it, right? No. We make it through small, intentional changes. And Rabbi has talked about this before, Rabbi Damien. Um, if you haven't got it, I highly recommend it as well. It's a book called uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear that will help you implement small changes in, in things, and this would be a perfect way to implement that. And so how do we start this New Year's revolution? We start by changing ourselves. We become a more thankful person, and becoming a more thankful person is becoming a better person and one that will affect others. So my challenge to you is to go start your revolution. Shabbat Shalom.